Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are, whether you are listening on Anchor or watching on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Kinder's Pictures Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Warren, and today is July 18th, 2019. So two days, July 16th, um, 2019, that date marked 83 years, 83 years since the theatrical release of the Green Pastures of Warner Brothers film. And of course, obviously, I am going to talk about this movie. So again, um, The Green Pastures, the film was released in theaters on July 16th, 1936. So again, this is like another Hollywood film with an all black cast. It was actually the third film. So first, Hearts and Dixie, then um, Hallelujah, both released in 1929, and then The Green Pastures in 1936. So this was the third all-black cast movie produced by a Hollywood studio. So this was another movie that was supposed to, you know, change things for African-Americans, for African-American actors, change the perspective, the view of them, change opportunities, all of that, so on and so forth. So unlike the Hallelujah episode I did, I chose not to do a review of that movie or anytime I do, um, episodes about particular movies I try not to go into reviews of them but in this instance in this case I will be giving a review of the green pastures um, but first let's talk about the movie a little bit more the green pastures was Hollywood's third all-black cast movie as I mentioned before released in theaters on July 16th 1936 it was a film adaptation of Mark Connolly's Broadway play called the green pastures as well and the Green Pastures was actually Mark Connolly's take on a collection of stories written by Roark Bradford called Old Adam, or Old Man Adam and His Chillin, C-H-I-L-L-U-N. So like Hearts and Dixie and Hallelujah and, nope, I'm not even, I was going to say almost like The Birth of a Nation, but no, absolutely not. <laughs> like Hearts and Dixie and Hallelujah, these two works Old Man Adam, The Green Pastures were white men's, white creators attempts at bringing a black story to life, to the screen, to the stage. Um, their attempts at, I guess, humanizing black people and telling their stories and particularly from a religious perspective. So The Green Pastures summary tells the story or it tells Bible stories, particularly Old Testament stories from a rural African-American perspective. So we see the story of Adam and Eve, um, Noah, Moses, and somebody else. I can't think of who it is right now. We see their stories, but they're being told from 1930s rural black culture perspective, quote unquote. And then this movie is just, it has the best cast, unsung, well-known trailblazers like Rex Ingram, he plays the Lord, he plays Adam and Hezadrill, the, uh, the a Bible character I, I, <laughs> I've completely forgotten about and don't recognize the name. But um, yeah, Rex Ingram, Oscar Polk plays um, Gabriel. Um, you might know him from Gone with the Wind. He, uh, who did he play? He, he has like a very quick scene and go with the one. I think he's the one that tells them or tells Scarlett um, something about somebody needing money for Tara or something. I can't remember. 
um, Eddie Aniston, Rochester from Jack Benny Show, um, Edna Mae Harris, Frank Wilson. It's just an all-star cast, pretty much. And also features the whole, sorry, that's my dog, <laughs> um, the whole Johnson Choir. Um, I don't know if Hall Johnson's actually in it, but he's definitely, or he was the co-director on this movie. So, the film now isn't regarded in the most positive light. It's typical early Hollywood movie with black people, everybody talk like this, and you know, and well not like that, but you know, the Southern African American dialect, black dialect, you know. Um, again, it kind of separates the quote-unquote good black people from black people and uses religion to do that you know if you so much as play a ukulele on Sunday then you're sinning you know <laughs> that type of stuff and then that just isn't a, a black black thing that's like if you watch a lot of movies from the early 20th century or during the um, golden Hollywood era we see religion you know dividing good people from bad people and usually music and jazz anything that's not gospel or being in church is automatically bad and sinning but anyway i'm not going to get into that it's not a, <laughs> a episode about religion so so now again this movie isn't regarded in the most positive light today but this was not always the case um so the movie was well received by most critics black and white and the black critics in particular laud this film not necessarily as an accurate portrayal of African Americans, but more so as a positive one. And according to Thomas Cripps, late film scholar, he was definitely somebody I referred to a lot when I was working on my thesis. Um, he goes more into the reviews, how the movie was, and the play as well, was accepted by black audiences and black critics. And again, you know, he mentioned that a lot of the critics, when we talk about black critics of that time, we think New York, Harlem, Harlem Renaissance, probably middle class, you know, more affluent as well as having influence and things like that. So these were the people that were kind of talking about the movie and giving it high praise. And he noted, very interesting note, that those critics, the black critics, kind of viewed kind of watch the um, play and the movie as the white critics did, as somewhat of an observation of rural African-Americans, rural African-American life, or the simple rural or Negro life, if you will. Very interesting. And of course, so now it's, it's hard to see any mention of what the, the general public, the general African-American public rule or not what they actually thought about the movie um, but then we slip into the 1950s so this is when we see a shift in how this movie is perceived um, among African Americans so the play was revived in 1951 very briefly very very briefly but before it could even go into production black press black public were just like absolutely not nope we don't want to see this that was cool back in 1931, 1936, but it's 1951, it's 1950s now. We, we don't want it. Send it back. Return to sender. We don't want this. It's not going to fly anymore. This is when we start seeing the change. And this happened with a lot of movies, especially with um, um, maybe Step and Fetch It movies. Movies that, and, and plays that kind of, Porgy and Vest as well, um, 
where at first it was accepted because it was just like, okay, this is a, it's not a negative, it's not a dark representation of black people, it's not the best representation of black people, but we're not being portrayed as violent and, and evil and menacing like we were in The Birth of a Nation back in 1915, 16, whatever year that movie came out. And so we move into the 1950s. This is when the civil rights era is really is starting to, we're starting to see the beginnings of that. So now people are just like, no, we, we don't want to see this. You know, we, this is not what we want to see. This is not the only depiction of us. Even Carmen Jones came out in 1954. The Green Pastures actually was the biggest, uh, the best-selling, or the, how can I say this? Uh, it was a, a box office hit. And it was the biggest or the highest selling um, all black cast Hollywood movie until Carmen Jones came out in 1954. So in 1936, um, the Green Pastures raked in millions of dollars. 1943, this is when Cabin in the Sky and Stormy Weather come out. They were pretty good movies, well received, not as big as box office hits. But then when Carmen Jones came out, Carmen Jones was actually, you know, came out around this is when we start seeing the, the change in the depiction of african-americans on film so even though carmen jones still kind of has somewhat of a rural setting a rural versus urban setting this is when we see black people in nice gowns nice clothes you know even though the dialect the quote-unquote black dialect is still there this is when we start seeing the image of black people change in in film one of the beginnings of it so anyway so, you know, this is, you know, it's like at this time, 1950s, we, we, we don't want to see black people sharecropping. We don't want to see them on the farm anymore. We don't want to see them on the plantation. We don't want to hear, hear them talking like this and calling the Lord the Lord and all that, you know, stuff like that. So also around this time, 1950s, some of the performers of the film started to speak out against it, particularly Hall Johnson. Again, I don't believe Hall Johnson was actually in the Green Pastures, but he was the choral director. Um, so he wrote a letter to Albert Lewis, an associate producer for MGM. Um, in his letter, he stated that, now mind you, remember, this movie was being touted as, you know, you know, an, another attempt at making, you know, using African-Americans to express religion and the simplistic, you know, the, the goodness, you know, I, I can't, I can't put it into words, you know, that's another attempt at making, at humanizing black people, but then also at the same time, <sighs> using religion to, to point out that, <sighs> I don't want to say the pigeonhole, but, but so let's put it this way. So, Hearts and Dixie, Hallelujah, Green Pastures, maybe Cabin in the Sky, The Stone Warrior. These were movies that made the religious experience, the black, according to these movies, the black experience in the United States was either religious or sinful. So you have these movies like the green pastures that put emphasis on the good and religious and want to show how African-Americans express that, but still in a way kind of making African-Americans out to be sort of one dimensional or two dimensional, simple, childlike, not as complex. So anyway, so 
you know, this this movie was supposed to like change things, bring more opportunities for African American actors. Hall Johnson in this letter, he was just like, you know what? Nobody on that movie, none of the actors even wanted to be there. They just wanted a job. They wanted some some money and you know subsequent opportunities that could have come from doing that movie. So it, you know nobody went into that movie just like oh my god we're going to change things for African Americans. We're going to change the way people view us. Those actors, Rex Ingram, Oscar Polk, all those people were just like I just want a job. You know, <laughs> understandable, understandably, um, especially during that time. So. Again, even though the reception of the movie was, according to Hall Johnson, the actual, the black critics kind of held it, white critics, but the general African-American public didn't like it, according to Hall Johnson. Now, this is what makes it interesting. Hall Johnson said this, you know, the general public, general black public did not like this movie, but the movie was still a box office hit. People were still going to see this movie like throughout the year of 1936. So then that makes you kind of question, I'm just like, or makes me question who actually was going to see this movie? Who, who were the people who were spending money to see this movie? So that was quite interesting, quite an interesting story of the reception and reviews and general public and all of that. So I watched The Green Pastures for the first time this week for myself. So I'm going to give my brief review from a millennial perspective. So I'm going to try to keep it short. So I liked it. I liked the green pastures outside of the, the dialect. It's, and it's so hard to talk about, you know, the use of quote unquote black Southern dialect. But then in some cases, even though it's very exaggerated, if you look back at old footage of African-Americans speaking, Southern people, even in my own family, and you know, again, very exaggerated, but there is this very certain way of talking is it's not improper English. I'm not getting into that. I'm not even going to get into that because I got my thoughts and opinions about that, but it's a very special way of speaking. And it should not be equated with being uneducated. And I think in this particular movie, that necessarily wasn't the case. The, you know, people, the characters were, were just, uh, see, I said I was going to keep it short, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm still trying to find my words. I, I told myself I was not going to write a review down because I wanted to speak from the heart, but I probably should have. But but let me just skip over that. So other than the over-exaggeration of black Southern dialect and even vocabulary, I thought it was an inter... It was very entertaining. The Green Pastures was very entertaining to me. I would sit... I can actually imagine being in Sunday school being in church, being in church sun, summer camp, because I was in all that stuff. <laughs> I can I can see them showing that movie to us and us enjoying it. Um, it was, to me, one of the most unique takes on the Bible, the Old Testament. 
If anything, I know when we hear remakes and reboots, we're groaning at this point whenever we hear it. But I can see this movie being remade. Re, yeah, remade. And, and in a way, it has been. There has been um, some audio recordings of the Bible with black actors. I can see that being brought to the screen. But with the kind of the entertainment value that um, the Green Pastures brought. So I thought the Green Pastures was very entertaining. I know I keep saying that. The acting was amazing. Rex Ingram did an amazing... Rex Ingram played three characters in this movie. And he did an amazing job. And had this been a different time or had it been released in a different time, I it was an Oscar-worthy, Oscar nomination at the very least worthy performance. Um, music was great. I, I love the choir. I love the music. And... It wasn't, it, I, I went into this movie expecting it to be silly and to kind of make a mockery out of black people, out of black southerners, but it, it didn't, it really did not. And on one hand, I can see why people would have been offended by it. I absolutely, there, there are things offensive about it. You know, just imagine being in the 1930s the only time, as a black person, the only time you see yourself is as a sharecropper, as a as a servant, as somebody living on a plantation or on a farm, always living in, you either live in the South or you live in Harlem or you live in Chicago. The, no other, you know, options, no other, you know, locations for you to live. All is, I'm not even going to get into what I was about to say, but, you know, it's, I can see why people back then would have, on one hand, would have been tired of seeing that, but on the other hand, would have been like, okay, but this is something, hey, we're not in this movie shooting each other, we're not in this movie, you know, raping nobody like the birth of a nation had us doing and all that, I will take this and go see it, I will, yeah, I will accept this, but then it's like, on the other hand, it, I really was expecting something completely different, I was expecting silliness, I was expecting black people in blackface, you know, the, the tap dance, all, all that, that stereotypical stuff. I was expecting a lot of that. And even with the, um, I keep bringing up the dialect, even with the speaking, it was not overdone. I want to feel like that the black, black people behind that, like the, the critics of the, the play and the movie, and maybe even the actors definitely had an effect on that. And... This is a very live episode. This is funny. This is the first time I'm recording on video. And my dog has jingled her collar. And now she's about to start barking because the neighbor is taking the <laughs> taking their trash up. And anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and cut this review short before she goes off. So guys... Green Pastures, I highly recommend it. It, I keep saying entertaining. That's that's the key word for this. It, I was very entertained while watching this. And another thing I want to bring up about Rex Ingram, um, his portrayal of God or the Lord was also very different and unique. It's not like anything I've ever seen before. His character, his portrayal. 
humanize God. It show, and I know from the Christian perspective, God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't do anything wrong. God knows what he's doing. But in this play, I think some people then were offended by the fact that, you know, you have this one time you have a black person playing God. And of course, he's the one that's making all the mistakes and doing stuff wrong and showing emotion and and all this. But I thought it was. Again, one of the most unique portrayals of God I have ever seen, because in this movie, he does make, make mistakes and he does realize he's made mistakes. He's. He regrets things. He's remorseful. He gets angry. He gets sad. Um, they definitely, you know, according to the Bible, you know, humans are made in God's image. And they really kind of show that with this character. God was humanized in this movie and in the play. And I really that I really enjoyed that even though he was getting on my nerves sometimes <laughs> but the portrayal was so and the, the writing of this character I'll say that the writing of this character was so unique and so different and that's what made me enjoy watching the movie so the green patches I watched it on barely motion but if you want <laughs> to watch it legally you can definitely rent it from YouTube for like two ninety nine. I think it's on Amazon. It's on pretty much every digital platform for like as low as two ninety nine to rent and maybe six ninety nine to purchase, so on and so forth. So just Google it, watch it. If you want to take it to church, show it to the kids, show it to the congregation, whoever. It's definitely that type of movie. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Kendaris Pictures Podcast. I am your host, Adrian Warren. So the video, I am recording audio and video. Audio will be up on Anchor and other platforms Sunday, um, J- July 21st. So if you're listening to it, obviously, you know what date it is. And video will be up the following Friday. So I will catch you guys next time. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Bye.